1: Part of me is every age. And part of me is 78. I'm a three year old. I'm a five year old. am a 37 year old. I'm a 50. I've been through all of them. I know what it's like.
0: And we welcome you to this edition of Tuesday People, the podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Album. I'm the author of the book Tuesdays with Maury, which 26 years ago now came into the world and still inspiring people, still inspiring me, and the lessons I learned alongside my old college professor still resonate today, and we're going to share one of those with you today. Alongside, as always, is Lisa Goitz, my friend and producer of this podcast. Lisa, I'm sure you watched all the football games over the weekend.
2: Oh, yeah, you know me.
0: I want to ask you your opinion
2: (laughs) on those. Some of my favorite football stories involve working for you. Oh, well. Okay. We'll save those for another day, but they are some of the highlights of my life. No, I mean it. They really are some of the funniest highlights of my life.
0: (laughs) So if you're down, if you're blue, if you're having a bad day or a bad week, I have a solution for you. It may not be the easiest to procure, but if possible, find yourself a baby. Oh. A baby, Okay. Now, this is not, as I say, the (laughs) easiest thing to do, but it's not impossible depending on your family. It might be as far away as uh, the other room uh, or maybe a drive over to someone's house or maybe someone on your street or whatever. I have been blessed over the course of the last seven months now to have had a baby come into my life. Some of you have been following this story. Uh, You know I operate an orphanage in Haiti. And a little baby girl named Nadi was brought to our gates when she was six months old. And the story was that she had not had anything to eat Hmm. except sugar water since she was born. Consequently, she only weighed just under seven pounds, even though she was six months old, less than a lot of babies weigh when they emerge from the womb. Yes, And she was so small at that time, I could have held her in one hand and her eyes were closed from conjunctivitis. She had severe malnutrition, severe anemia. And we were fortunate enough to be able to get her um, out quickly and bring her up here to America. At the time, I wasn't thinking about anything other than how can we make sure this little girl survives. That was it. And and that should be your number one priority with children, obviously. Um, but once we got her up here and we were fortunate enough to work with some doctors and get a good nutrition program together and the right feeding, because you can't just shove food at a child who's malnourished. It doesn't work like that. It has to be very thought out and, and timed. And the amount of formula that you give over specific periods of time and the type of formula... That, the, that a, a new stomach can absorb, especially if it hasn't been eating for the first six months of its life, so it was a little hairy at the beginning, but we were able to do it and as the months have passed, and she has gotten healthier and healthier and bigger and bigger, now she's doing us the favor, particularly me uh. because i i not long before I just started this podcast, I walked in the door and she was holding on to the edge of the couch. She doesn't walk yet, but she's standing and, you know, holding on, almost about to walk, hanging on by one arm. And I walked in uh, and she said, Dada, you know, just like that, Dada,
2: uh, Dada,
0: uh, Dada, which is what she calls me, which is fine. I'm not her, I'm not her daddy, but Dada, I think is a really easy word for her to say. It's much easier than Mitch or Mr. Mitch. So... And of course, it's such a delightful thing to hear. And you, you, I end up getting down on my knees and just getting at her level and playing. And what I can tell you is it's not the happiness of the or the joy uh, by itself that a child can do for you, that a baby can do for you. It is to remind you of mm-hmm. certain emotions that you had Way, 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 way back when that would serve you well in your current adult life. So, for example, she starts to crawl away from me. After she sees me, she gets this big smile on her face and it becomes a game. I'm going to start crawling away. And she's very fast as a crawler. She she could win the Olympics if crawling was was an event. And she starts to scurry away. Now your first inclination is to walk after her but I've learned to get down on the ground and crawl with her now that's not something uh-huh. that's not that's uh-huh. not something I have done in decades okay
2: I hope you have that on camera Oh many
0: people have it on camera <laughs> it's not something I've done in decades and decades. But when you get down on all fours and you start crawling around, there's a certain silliness to it. After all, you're in a grown a- adult and you're you're down on all four, you know, bouncing around and crawling. And then she cuts left and you got to cut left and she cuts right. and You got to cut right. But it's good to be silly. And you learn, you know what, it's it takes you out of just even your posture. It takes you out of that standing, arms crossed, worrisome posture that you have as an adult. It's hard to be serious when you're down on all fours crawling around with a baby. It's just hard. It's hard to think about your problems or your real estate issues or your financial issues or anything like that. It's tough because you're crawling around on all fours. And you start to see the world from a different angle. So she crawled around by the piano and underneath the piano. So I called it. you know, I've never seen the bottom of the piano. Ah, I don't, uh-huh. I don't know what it looked like underneath there. It's a pretty interesting thing to look up at a piano. We have a, a little baby grand piano, and looking at it from the look at it a million times from up above, look at it from down underneath on the floor. It's a different look, different size, different, there's something written on the bottom that I didn't know about. Oh, okay. That's interesting. Uh, Walking along and going up steps with your hands and your knees is an interesting process. And then trying to go down them the way she goes down them backwards. I haven't done that in a long time. And so suddenly you find yourself like, ah, you know what? There are different ways of looking at things same things that you've seen all the time, approach it from a different angle. Also, when you're down on the ground, she would stop and she would, every little thing that she sees on in the carpet or on the ground, she stops. And of course, she looks at it, she picks it up and she puts it in her mouth. Everything, every speck of dust, every little piece of uh, lint, every every, you know, loose, I don't know whatever might have fallen on the ground, the top of a pen or something like that, and so you, of course, you got to be careful that she doesn't put the wrong thing in her mouth, but that whole thing about hmm, let me pick this up, let me examine it. let me see what it is. was the last time you noticed like a uh I don't know a a a a little piece of um like a tab when you pull off a a, a tag on a shirt or whatever. It's got that little plastic oh, piece. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, somehow yeah. somebody did that. Now, that half of that little plastic piece ended up on the ground and you never would see it. It was on the ground in our living room. And how was the last time you picked up one of those and looked at one of those? Never. You know, what was the last Oh time? yeah. Never. No, so, so I said, give me that. I took it from her hands and I looked at it and I had to exactly examine it and say, where did this come from? And then I started thinking, well, where... Who would have put the, you know, I go through the whole story like, how could this have ended up on my floor? Right.
2: Yeah. I notice those things, by the way, because we have four dogs ah. and my husband is very messy when it comes to things. Like, I'll find things like a pill on the floor. Right. And I'm like, why do you yeah. have a pill on the right. floor for? The dog eat you it. Know? Yeah. <laughs> or the baby so, can eat it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so, uh, so there's one thing. Okay. A, a child teaches you to get down at a different level and look at things. And that is a good metaphor for how you ought to be doing things in all of life. Get down and look at things from a different angle. Now, by the way, what I'm doing here is not unique. You say, well, how does this relate to Tuesdays with Maury? Listen to this conversation that Maury and I had about aging when I asked him a question about the the discrepancy between Himself and the younger students that he kept having year after year as he got older. How did you keep all those years that you were always you were getting older and your students were always young. I mean they how did you uh, you know keep from noticing the distance that was growing between you and them.
1: Mitch part of me is every age and part of me is seventy-eight. I'm a three year old, I'm a five year old, I'm a thirty-seven year old, I'm a fifty year old. I've been through all of them. I know what it's like, and I delight in being a child when it's appropriate to be a child.
0: I delight in being a child when it's appropriate to be a child. If you can hang on to that quality that comes when you are that young and apply it in certain times of life you'll find that it's there inside you you will find when you get down on all fours as i have that you remember somewhere in the back of your mind you remember what this was like i know it sounds weird but you you don't remember it like oh i remember it was february of 1961 and i was a... you just remember the feeling of being on all fours and being that way. Or when Nadi, our little one-year-old, decides to make noises. Now, so far, she's not making noises in a coherent sentence structure, but she does certain things, like if she sees something, she'll go, ooh, like that. Ooh. Uh. Ooh, that's, that's one of her things. Ooh. And so we end up going, ooh, back at her. Ooh. And then sometimes she just delights in her mouth, and she'll go, like that. And so we'll do that back. Now, these are not things that you generally do in your life, but when you do them, you remember. Somewhere in the back of your mind, you remember when you used to make those noises. <laughs> you know, and and, and, and and try to get like a that tingling sensation on your lip.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And you find, okay, there's that.
2: We'll be back with more Tuesday people right after this.
0: She has a sense of discovery that everything is a sense of wonder. So if she opens a book, she turns every single page until she gets to the back of the book and closes the back of the book. She doesn't read them, but she closes it. Then she flips it over and she starts flipping through it again. Then she'll walk over and she'll hit the keys of a, uh, one of these little toys that, you know, plays a song. And as soon as you touch it, you know, it's old McDonald had a farm or it's Mary had a little lamb or something like that. And she stops and her ears go up. And you see her listening to music, listening to it like, uh. wow, wow. Now, I don't expect you at your ages to listen to old McDonald and go, wow but there is music out there that can make you go wow if you just find it and you play it yeah. and you have allow yourself that same sense of wonder put yourself alone with just that and find that wow you know when you really allow yourself to just focus on just listening to some great piece of music and not listening to it, but also thinking I've got to call this person or also thinking, you know, what time we get in dinner or also thinking, you know, uh, what, uh, when does the football game start or whatever, but just that. And that's what Nadi, when she does these things, she's not, you can tell she's not thinking about anything else. Just right. Right. that to be able to focus on with a sense of wonder, one thing that's right in front of you and really examine it. That you remember as a kid, I bet if you if you really think hard, you remember like when i was not not an infant, but when i was uh uh probably nine or, or thereabouts uh I got really into photography, and my I saved up all my money and I bought like this really cheap i got allowance and mowed the lawn and all that. I bought this really cheap um developer, like the, the dark room thing, you know, where you would go in and you could put a picture underneath it and it was a light. And then you put, you get the chemicals and you yeah. put the drawing. I remember Lisa going into that room. It was just the back area of the basement and spending hours just, okay, now I'm going to put the, the little thing in here and now I'm going to turn the light on and now I'm going to take the piece of paper and now I'm going hours. And I never thought about anything else. Nothing else entered my mind. Just that one thing that focus on yep. that and the, the wonder of, wow, wow, this picture is going to develop right in front of my eyes. Yeah. And now I know if I were to try that now, five minutes in, I'd already be thinking of, I'd still do it, but I'd be thinking of something else. And I, you know, I gotta.
2: I, Other things you have yeah, to do. Why is this taking right, so long? My phone
0: would go <laughs> off. Yeah. Why is this taking so long? My phone would ring. Uh, you, you know, I, I, I yell upstairs. Someone would be trying to find, there's that sense of focus, that sense of wonder that we had when we were younger, where we would just do one thing. I remember playing a 45 mm-hmm. record and sit sitting over it. With the, the needle, putting the needle down on it and just watching it spin and listening to it play wow. and just watching it spin. That sense of focus and wonder about, I'm just going to explore this one thing right now. is something we lose as adults and something that little kids have in abundance. Another thing. When Naughty eats, she picks up the food in front of her. She looks at it from every which angle. She holds it in front of her face. Then maybe she shoves it in her mouth. It'll be a piece of avocado or a piece of strawberry or a piece like that. And she just just chews Uh... it really slow, really slow. And she looks out into outer space. And she rolls her eyes around and she keeps chewing it. And only after she's really chomped on it 10 or 12 times, and then it's gone. Then maybe she'll pick up another piece. And I realize I eat an entire meal in the length of time it took her to eat that one bite because <laughs> I eat so fast because I'm trying to get on to other things, or I'm thinking about other things, or I'm talking. And to slow down and to just really chew your food. And just kind of look around and not have to be entertained, not have to be watching in front of a television set or or anything else. Not have to be scrolling on your device. Just like, hmm, now I'm eating. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is eating. And, and 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 letting your mind drift. That is something that we do as children that we lose. Ah, uh. now Maury spoke about how all of this plays in to your full human experience. Listen,
1: and I delight in being a child when it's appropriate to be a child. Mm-hmm. I delight in being an old wise man when it's appropriate. The old wise man—we never lose that unless you want to hire. We all have all those ages in us because we went through them. So it doesn't affect me deeply.
0: So you're actually richer because you've had those years plus other years than if you just had those.
1: That's right. I can't be a child that runs at a great speed. I can be a child in my attitude toward wonder, a wonder toward the universe or the light a simple thing, mm-hmm. or laugh, mm-hmm. you know, uproariously.
0: Laugh uproariously. A word that doesn't get enough usage, I think, uproariously. We should use it more often. Uproariously. Yes.
2: Yeah. We should all feel that more often, right, right?
0: uproariously. But he's right. You see, I can be a child of my attitude towards wonder, towards universe, or delight in a simple thing, or laugh uproariously. And Maury did. As he was dying... He so cherished laughter. You could see the moments that could make him laugh, I'm sure helped make him forget to some degree. Uh, But also he was delighting in his whole human experience. He was sort of, you know how they say your life flashes before your eyes in the moment before you die? Well, I think when you're dying, if it's protracted, your life comes back to you, maybe not flashing before your eyes, but it comes back to you in moments, and you want to relive those feelings and those moments. And I can tell you most poignantly how this paralleled the baby experience. Because when I pick Nadi up towards the end of the day, or she'll hold her arms up, and she'll say, up, you know, up, up. And you can see that she wants to be held. And I'll hold her and she'll cling to me or she'll pull on my shirt. She'll put my shirt in her mouth a little bit, you know, and she'll just then she'll just push her head against my chest or my shoulder, like as if to go to sleep. That infant, childish need for physical touch and affection happens at the beginning of life. But I can tell you from sitting with Maury, at the end, it happens at the end of life too.
2: Yeah, true. And
0: Maury would always ask me, especially as we got closer to the end, will you hold my hand while we talk? If I rubbed his neck or gave him a little massage in his shoulders, he would close his eyes and he would get the biggest smile on his face. And I remember I said to him, why is physical touch so important to you? You know, you can't move anything you know, you're, you you can't reciprocate. You can't put your arm around someone who puts their arm around you. You can't, if you've ever been with someone who has ALS, you know, you try to hug them a lot of time that feels like there's, they're not being responsive. Well, because they can't be responsive physically, neurologically, but they are the most responsive emotionally. And whenever I would get close to Maury, to adjust this microphone that we had that he wore on his pajama top there. Whenever I would get close, I saw, "Oh, this thing's coming off. And I would lean in, he would get, I'd lean back. And he had this huge smile on his face. I said, and he, I'd say, what was that? He says, it's just nice to have human contact. Aww. And I said, you just want me to like almost kiss you every time that I fix this microphone. <laughs> right. He said, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Aww. When I asked him, why is it so important? He said, Mitch, when you're a baby and you're first coming into this world and you're in this world, what's the most important thing you need to be held and touched and caressed. You need to be held and touched and caressed. Yeah. Right. Well, I'll let you in on a little secret. He said, when you're leaving the world, it's the same thing. You need to be held and touched and caressed. The mystery to me, he said, is why in between the coming and the going, we act like we don't need to be held, you
2: know, Yeah, because, true.
0: especially men, you know, no, I'm good. I'm good. You know, you know, back off, back off. But that <laughs> feeling of holding and getting yeah. the joy out of holding. And I feel that with Nadi, when she holds, holds on to me, I feel it's more than just a physical, like I'm holding her in that position. She is drawing security. From me. And when she puts her head against my shoulder, she's saying, I can sleep here. It's safe. I can sleep here. And that sensation is something that you will once again have in your life when you get close to the end. So why not remember it now? So all of this adds up to where I began. Get a baby. Okay. (laughs) This is my advice to everybody out there however you have to do it to bring one into your life get a baby into your life you will be amazed at how it puts everything that you're dealing with into perspective it really is incredible
2: i love that that's a great that's a great thing
0: get a baby episode number living from a baby's perspective number from 100 <laughs> episode 159 or is that what this is
2: yes that's it yeah we're at 159. 159
0: get a baby <laughs> Yep. (laughs) All right. We will see you for episode 160 very soon. Thank you to Lisa Goich for putting this together and producing it as she always does. And until we get a chance to see you again, I'm Mitch Albom saying, see you next Tuesday.
2: Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday, because after all, we're Tuesday people.